Okay, we are live. Good morning, everyone. It is officially 9.30. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being here for another edition of our Sunday School. It's live right now. I wanted to make sure that you... Um, we're going to give some people a chance to get on. Uh, I'm going to play the praise music selection while we have people log in. Um, it is Oh Magnify the Lord by Clint Brown. So here it comes. Again, thanks for being here this morning. hope you enjoy it. Brother Nate. Morning, Ronnie. Morning, Deneen. I was thinking about you uh, yesterday. Glad you could make it this morning. Morning, Roscoe. Morning, Beverly.
Good morning, Joanna. That's uh, Clint Brown, uh, Oh Magnify the Lord. Just wanted to, to play the entire clip this time. Um, we, we are able to, we, we appreciate uh, Arlen and uh, the team coming up with music to play in the morning. That's really, really helpful. Uh, good morning, Ed. Um, yeah, you may have noticed that uh, uh, Mrs. Gaines typed a note about uh, the typing might be slow because there apparently has been a change to Facebook where you have to be in portrait mode to type rather than landscape mode. And for those who are sophisticated, you know, we use as a keyboard. And if you can't use the keyboard, it kind of defeats the process. So we'll try to work around that and figure out how, what's going on with that. Uh, hi, Joanna. Good morning. Um, have a few announcements. Want to make sure that we cover a few bases here. First of all, the weather is what it is today. It's going to be uh, cool. Uh, the temperature around game time, which we like to call 11 o'clock for the outdoor service, is going to be about 55 degrees with a 5-mile-an-hour wind. Uh, it is not supposed to rain during the time when we are having our service. It's supposed to rain later today. There's supposed to be some drizzle out there, I think, um, um, sometime between now and, say, 10 o'clock or so. Uh, but we're not, supposed to, we're not experiencing a rain-out condition. So dress accordingly. Uh, for the service on Sunday uh, in, in Akron. Um, and we will broadcast what we can live on Facebook as well, too, um, given that it probably will be a very short service uh, based upon the fact that we want we don't want people out in where it's too cool outside. Um, you can certainly stay in your cars um, and just dress accordingly. But we will be having service at, at 11, uh, about 55 degrees, so just dress accordingly. Please remember your tithes and offerings. The um, tithes are, uh, can be deposited at the church in Akron uh, in the drop box right in front of the, where the church entrance is on the side of the building. And uh, if you are mailing your tithe or offering, please mail it to Akron Alliance Fellowship. And the mailing address is 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. And uh, that will take care of that piece of business. The Sunday school uh, will probably be online for the foreseeable future. Uh, just because of the nature of uh, getting in the building and only limiting the amount of time in the building, we're not going to encourage uh, people to 
uh, go in and then come back out and go back in again or anything like that. So for all intents and purposes, Sunday school is going to be online. Uh, so no matter what happens, um, whether we're outside or inside, uh, Sunday school will most likely be uh, inside online. Uh, so keep that in mind as you consider when we go into the building in November, uh, you're welcome to take your phone or whatever it is you're using to look at Sunday school. It's going to start at 930, just like uh, normal, and uh, essentially we, what we, we'll be doing what we do already. We'll, we've just come down to church um, at, for the 11 o'clock time frame um, just to allow for travel time and all that. So just keep that in mind. And because... Uh, Lynn and I are going to be on vacation next week, but we are having Sunday school next week. So please make sure that you we're not going to miss a week doing Sunday school. So we'll be back next week. Uh, we won't be here, uh, but we will be uh, online for Sunday school at 930 Eastern Daylight Time. Um, so we look forward to having you next week for Sunday school as well, too, because we're going to continue the study and keep the continuity going. We're not going to let that go uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I think I covered all the business um, that I can think of. I think it's appropriate. We don't have a lot of verses to cover, but we got a lot of rich material in here. Uh, so we're going to get to that. Um, thank you again for being here this morning. God bless you. Uh, good morning, George Ann. Uh, I, I saw I'm looking at additional people pop on here and there. Um, we're going to try to work with the comments as best we can today. I don't know that we'll be able to. There, I will give you the verses that you'll need, and if you want to jot them down, you're welcome to do so. Uh, we're going to be covering the book of Galatians, chapter 4, uh, verses 21 through 31. It's only a small section, and it's deliberately broken up this way, and I'll explain why later. Uh, Galatians 4, verses 21 through 31. But the verses we'll be covering, um, I would just ask you that you just jot them down as well, too, for going back for a review. And as a reminder, all of our broadcasts online are available for review later. If you want to go back and look at the material, which is always very important as well, too. On our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, it's always going to be there. All the videos are there from earlier this year. You scroll back, you can find them all. As well as um, uh, online, you have access to them through our website once we get those linked together at akronalliance.org. Um, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll go ahead and get started. Father, we just thank you for this time where we just quiet ourselves now, take deep breaths, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak now. We thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you for the reminders of how you look after us day after day and how you care for us more than we could ever imagine, and how you love us beyond measure. Thank you for your presence this morning and for how the, you teach us with words, with actions, you give us you give us instruction, you help to guide us, you move us. We thank you that you have done all of those things, even at this very, very interesting time that we're living in. We thank you, Lord, for healing power. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you that you have provided healing for members of our own church, even as recently as a few days ago. We pray for more of that, and we pray that it continues. Lord, you are worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our thanks. You're worthy of our worship. We just thank you, Lord. We ask all of these things, and we ask that you impart with us wisdom through your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
All right, uh, for you, for your, those of you who are, have your Bibles and your electronic devices, please turn to Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 through 31. We're going to take a look at a passage that's very, very interesting. And it's interesting because of the way the book of Galatians is written, the letter that Paul is writing to the Galatians. He uses this particular section of the, of the passage to express an example and it's kind of an allegory, um, and I'll explain what that is in, in greater detail. I'm going to read the passage first and allow you, ask you to follow along. I am reading from the New Living Translation, which is the readable text, and you, I ask that you just follow along with your uh, particular version, uh, starting at verse 21, Galatians chapter 4. Tell me, and he's again addressing this, uh, Paul is writing to, uh, this to the Galatians. Tell me, who... You who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. These two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. The first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai, where people received the law that enslaved them. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia, because she and her children live in slavery to the law. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman, and she is our mother, as Isaiah said, Rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into a joyful shout, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want to keep the law, just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit. But what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance with the free woman's son. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman. We are children of the free woman. Okay. Now, when you read Galatians in its entirety, you're going to read, and all of a sudden you'll come upon this particular section and trying to ask the question, why in the world are we talking about Hagar and Sarah and Isaac and 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 all and Ishmael and all that? And and the simple reason for this is that this is a section um, that is devoted to what was very typical back in the day when uh, around the time of Paul and and the Galatians, and it was a, a statement of allegory. It was a it was a written statement uh, based upon a story that was being told as a way of providing an example um, for the people for greater understanding. And we see things like this all the time. There's nothing unusual about this. This is something that we uh, experience often where you'll sometimes have a story told to try to emphasize a point Uh, because everybody experiences things differently. Everybody learns differently. Everybody sees things differently. But the one thing that Paul was doing when he was pointing out uh, Hagar and Sarah was that he was pointing to an example that was already written. It was in the Old Testament. It's something that was a 
pretty well-known type of situation about what Abraham went through and what he was involved with him as far as uh, as children were concerned. So, and one thing I want to also emphasize too is that the reason why he's doing this is because it's pretty apparent from everything we can tell when he's writing this letter to the uh, Galatians that they are under very intense pressure to uh, fold and follow the old Judaism, the Judaizers, who are promoting doing works and doing certain things for faith. So what Paul is trying to do here is trying to help them through this process by understanding that it's much more important for them to discard what was old and look at what is new. There's a couple of hidden messages. Well, I shouldn't say they're hidden messages. They're messages that need to be paid attention to here. I will, I will reveal them based upon uh, my research and what I'm looking at here. First of all, two points that you want to jot down for today. First of all, note that what it, Paul is going to be discussing here with the Galatians as we go over this passage is that he wants them to stay with faith and steer away from rituals. This is an important lesson for all of us. Stay with the faith aspect of what we do. Faith, of course, it's unseen, it's unknown. We don't know what exactly we're going to experience in the future, but if we have faith and if we believe in God, he is going to do what's necessary. Remember what it says about Abraham. Abraham was credited with righteousness because he had faith. And Sarah is the same way here. Uh, Even though uh, she had a moment of uh, a human interaction where she said, I'm not going to have this kid. I'm over 100 years old. I'm almost 100 years old. I'm, not, I'm well past the time. But yet she came back later and had faith. And that is actually noted in Scripture that she was rewarded for her faith. So we need to stay with faith and avoid ritual. The second thing that I want you to see here as well, too, that's very important, is that we need to be encouraged in spite of what you see. Be encouraged as a people in spite of what you see. And that came to mind because that's going to be part of the passage when we get down to verse 27 and look at what Isaiah said. Um, We need to look at what God is doing in our lives and not look at circumstances surrounding our lives that confuse us or try to get us off track. Understand something. Satan wants you off track. He wants you to not have the proper focus as to what's going on. He wants you to be looking at everything and anything that has nothing to do with focusing on him. And we can make an argument that uh, all the distractions that take place, things aren't working the way they worked before. Things are, things are, are, there's so much conflict. There are so many issues that are out there. Satan has been very busy and frankly very effective in getting a lot of people, and I, I'm going to be even more specific, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ off balance. So be encouraged. Uh, Things need to be, you need to stay with your faith and look to the Lord Jesus Christ in spite of what you see. So we'll cover that a little bit later as we go further into the passage. So if you were to summarize this entire passage, um, people are saved because of their faith in Christ, not because of what they do. And you, you should already know this. And understand something, we as believers, though, still scuffle with this sometimes. Because we sometimes get caught up in the idea that the more we do 
for Christ, the more we're going to earn brownie points. Now, I know that that's not a popular view sometimes because we, we, we know that we're at busy in the task of making sure that we're bringing people to Jesus Christ. But we need to make sure that, A, we're doing it in the, in the way where Christ says, okay, yes, that's exactly the direction you should go, and not just do it for the sake of doing it. Because that's an empty type of a situation. You're not going to feel any fruit. You're not going to experience any fruit by just doing things for the sake of doing them. They need to be done in the power of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the one who saves. Jesus Christ is the one who speaks to people through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the one who brings all people and draws people to him. It is not by the actions of anyone as a human being. Yes, we are called to speak. Yes, we are called to proclaim the gospel. Yes, we are supposed to provide sound teaching and instruction. Yes, we're supposed to do all of those things. But we do those things because we love Jesus. We don't do them just because it's a ritual. We do them because we love Jesus. And what Paul is trying to tell the Galatians here is that if you're going to do anything, you're doing it in the love of Christ and because it's Christ and because you're following Christ and not following what men are saying or what men have to say. So uh, that's one thing that's very, very important. So now when we look at this passage... In Galatians 4, verses 21 through 31, Paul was giving a contrast to the people about being enslaved to the law, which was represented by Hagar. Hagar is the representation of being enslaved to the law. And, of course, it's mentioned that she is the slave woman uh, because she was uh, Abraham's, well, she was actually uh, Sarah's slave, the slave woman. And he also mentions those who are free from the law, which was represented by Sarah, who was the free woman. Now, we need to be careful here. Don't just get caught up on the fact that Hagar was a slave and she's the bad influence here, and Sarah was the free woman and she's the good influence. That is not what's being said here at all. The comparison is being made specifically for what Hagar represents and what Sarah represents in this particular allegory, uh, which is being given to the uh, Galatian church. And again, it's going to be just an explanation of what the church needs to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. You need to pay attention to living free, being free from the law, being free from any encumbrances in the law, being free from any ritual, and as opposed to representing what it means by following the Judaizers, which were slaves to the law, slaves to the way things were being done before, when Jesus Christ had already proclaimed that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and there was no need for looking specifically at the old law. So we, if we remember, if you go back and look at Genesis about Hagar's abuse of Sarah, that's in Genesis 16.4. Let's, let's go back and look at that really quick. Genesis 16:4. You remember that Sarah, well, let's start with verse 1 because honestly that's the uh, part where we need to see uh, it sets the story for, for the rest of the passage here in Genesis 16. Now Sarah, I was starting at Genesis 16:1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. 
See, this was the human side of Sarah, Sarai at that point, at that point. Go into my servant that it, it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And time is going by here. So that's the very important thing to understand that women, if, they're, if the time is ticking and they're, and they're impatient, they expect something to happen right away. But it wasn't happening the, according to her timing. That's, we'll keep that in mind, too, as we go forward. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your encumbrance, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. And we'll we'll stop there because there's no need to relive all of that. We we understand that there was obviously a contemptuous relationship between uh, Hagar and Sarah. Um, And there was kind of a a backbiting and going back and forth over the whole thing because this whole thing over uh, having children. So we need to understand that Hagar's abuse of Sarah was like the persecution, listen to this very carefully, like the persecution that the Gentile Christians were, were getting from the Judaizers who insisted on keeping the law in order to be saved. Do you get that? So this abuse that Hagar was inflicting upon Sarah was being compared to what the Judaizers were doing to the Galatian church because they weren't following circumcision, the law, certain things. Now, understand, that means that this is a very intense scuffle that's taking place within the church. Very intense. If Since Paul has to go through this intense description about what's going on, that's exactly what's happening here. And the Judaizers were insisting upon the Galatian church recognizing the old law in order to be saved. Now, that's exactly not what Jesus Christ has declared. Jesus Christ declared, believe in me, trust in me, believe that I am the Lord, believe that I'm the one who has control over your eternal salvation. And that's what needed to be taking place and not because of anything the law had for them to do. So we need to understand that and understand that eventually Sarah triumphed because God kept his promise to give her a son, not according to her timing, not according to her understanding, but yet credit is being given where Sarah, Sarai, and then eventually Sarah, gave credit to the Lord for giving her the opportunity to give birth to Isaac, the child. And that credit is being given. The triumph is also in us who worship Christ in faith. We, too, will also triumph. Now, I know it doesn't seem like that sometimes. And I know that There's a lot of distractions that take place uh, in the world today that try to convey that, you know, you're just not going to be productive. You're not going to be able to do the things that you want to do. But we have to always yield to God's timing. Have you ever thought that when God calls you to do something and you want to do it, and yet sometimes you have to sit back and wait, and you have to wait on God's timing as to when that takes place? It doesn't mean, just because he gives you a calling to do something, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to enact that calling immediately. We have to go back and look at the fact that God has done the very same thing 
for a number of people we read about in Scripture. We have to remember that Jesus Christ didn't start his ministry until he was age 30 or approximately 30 years old. We have to remember that Paul himself had a 14-year period of time after his conversion where he wasn't actively involved in ministry to our knowledge. We, we don't have any reference to that. We know that he got started and got involved with churches and learned and studied and grew more and more. But we are really, really hung up sometimes on God's timing. We need to just release that. Release the whole aspect of God's timing. We don't understand God's timing. We're not really supposed to understand God's timing. We know that his timing is perfect because we've seen that in history from a historical standpoint. His timing is perfect. So Sarah had to learn that too. And she had to learn that and understand that because she did learn it. She gave birth to Isaac, and Isaac is where the lineage goes through, um, not on the other side where uh, Hagar was involved with um, Ishmael. So we need to see that God's timing is perfect. He didn't care how old anybody was in this situation. He was making a point. He was giving emphasis to that. Um, it's very important for us to understand those very things. If we go back and look at the passage um, verse 23, back in Galatians 4, the son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt. Notice what it says, in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. You can't go too quickly there. We, have a, we always inject sometimes a human element into what we do. And we're going to find that it doesn't work. The human element of what we do, when we try to get ahead of God and we try to do things on our own, we find that it doesn't work. And we need to understand that this human element is being compared here to what the Judaizers are doing to the Galatian church. We don't want to follow what we desire to do. We want to follow and do what God desires us to do. We also want to be sensitive to what God's fulfillment of his promises are, and we don't infuse something to make it happen the way we think it should happen. So we need to understand that Sarah triumphed because she had faith. She struggled with that faith initially because she didn't have it, but she eventually came around and recognized that God's way is the best way. And so we need to see that it's very, very important for us to understand that as we move forward. Now, I actually um, went through a pretty good explanation here as far as what was going on, as far as this whole allegory. But I want to cover a couple of things to make sure that we're on point. Uh, take a look at Romans chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. And again, this is a point just to give emphasis to what we just said. Romans chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. God never wavered from his promise, never wavered from what he said he was going to do. We kind of got in the way. When I say we, the people, uh, the flesh will try to get in the way of God's promises sometimes if we think it should be done a certain way. And we find that that is not the way it goes. Uh, no matter what we do, God's way is going to always be the one that we need to recognize and follow. It's emphasized here in this passage in Romans 9, verses 7 and 8. And not all children of Abraham, 
and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. Not all children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. A very important distinction is being made here that our fleshliness is not going to achieve what we desire when it comes to doing something according to God's will and purpose. It is merely God who is doing what needs to be done. He is the one who is fulfilling his will and purpose for us here on earth. The Judaizers were only concerned about doing things because it made them feel more important. It made them feel better, but it was very clear that they were going contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ. And so that's why the Galatians are giving this, given, being given this emphasis over and over again. Do not trust in man. Trust in what God has you to do. Um, Hebrews 11.11 11, um, also emphasizes that by faith, this is, this is where Sarah receives, receives the redemption that I was referring to in Scripture. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. So Sarah was a good woman. She did get it together. She did figure it out. Um, Frankly, Abraham and Sarah were chosen to be who they were uh, because they were good people. But just like a lot of good people, we have fleshly tendencies. And, uh, you know, me included. I mean, everybody has to take credit. I'll put myself out there, okay? I have fleshly tendencies, too. I, I think things that I shouldn't, and I do things that I, I shouldn't do. But ultimately what it comes down to is that you have to come back and say that it's God who's the one who is the faithful. He is the one who we need to look to and always recognize when it comes to situations and circumstances. That takes me to the next part of what we're going to, so we make sure we stay relatively on time here. If you drop down to verse 27... In Galatians 4, it says, As Isaiah said, this is, again, Paul speaking to the church, Rejoice, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into a joyful shout, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband. Now, you might look at that and say, what is that referring to? And it kind of requires you to go in and look at the passage of Isaiah um, and explain, and we explain exactly what that's referring to. And that has to do with the second part of what I was referring to about being encouraged in spite of what you see. Because that's something that's really important for all of us to do. We need to be encouraged in spite of what you're looking at. Now, what that passage is referring to, uh, it's referring to the people in exile. Uh, it's it's a, a statement about the people in exile and what it leads to is you're looking at a particular study here where what Isaiah is revealing to the people is that in spite of what you're seeing right now, where you're seeing people who are perhaps not following God, who are having lots of children and doing all kinds of things, and here yet you haven't had one yet. It's actually referring almost exactly to what we're talking about here with uh, uh, Sarah and, and with uh, Hagar because she sees that Hagar has this child – and Sarah was all mortified about it and just got, got, got an attitude and was fighting with Hagar over it because she was supposed to be the one who had children. 
we need to be encouraged in spite of what we see. We don't understand God's timing. We don't know what God's timing is. But what was being communicated here by Isaiah in this particular section, if you were to go back to Isaiah 54 verses 1 through 17, you would see that this was about the wondrous love of God for his people who are in exile. And he was trying to make sure that people understood that in spite of the children of the of the city of Jerusalem being in ruins, there was going to be a new side. There was going to be a new day. There was a new moment coming. He wanted to make sure that they recognized, the people recognized that the kindness and mercy of God was everlasting. There was an everlasting peace that they would experience. And let's face it, earlier this year, a lot of people were very distraught, very upset because of what they saw. And and what they saw, you know, was was a lot of stuff sometimes on TV. And I, I always warn people, and I, I, I think I'm going to always do this from here on out. Uh, I have no qualms with you watching television news. I have no problem with that because a lot of people want to be informed. But I would just say to you that you got to take it in easy doses because there's a very, very dramatic way of presenting news today that is far beyond the days of Edward R. Murrow. For those of you who remember Edward R. Murrow, you know, black and white TV, right? He just read the news. He reported. He did do commentary. He did do in-depth reporting. But Edward R. Murrow, frankly, got disenchanted with a lot of people in his business because there was a lot of uh, expansion of news from the standpoint where it wasn't really news. Um, a lot of people don't know that. You have to go back and look at history when it comes to that. But um, he was, in fact, vilified uh, near the end of his career because of positions he took uh, that were not popular positions. Uh, and I think that that's a caution for all of us when it comes to what we expose ourselves to as well, too. We don't expect anyone uh, within the shout of my voice or the sound of my voice to uh, be monks or uh, hide out or feel as though that that's the way to operate. That's not. It, it doesn't do anything. It's not helpful for you. But you should be very cautious about what you expose yourself to. And I think that that's because Satan wants you to see the darkest picture possible uh, that keeps you from acting in the way where you're really having faith and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand that from the bottom of my heart. I really believe that with all my heart. It's very important for us to stay focused on what's really important, and that's Jesus Christ. No other way, uh, shape, or form to look at it. So what Paul is saying to the Galatians here, and using this reference about how Sarah was starting to look at Hagar in a different way because of the fact that Hagar was having children, but they were not the children who were the heirs of promise. That child could only come from Sarah, and Isaac was that child. So let's go back to Galatians 4, verse 28. Um, and again, this is again part of the allegory where he's having the communication with the Galatian church. Verse 28 of Galatians 4 and you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. But you are now being persecuted by those who want to keep the law, just as Ishmael, the child born by human effort, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit. Yeah, remember, Ishmael gave Isaac a hard time, too. It's very interesting how this contentiousness was taking place. 
we have to look at it for what it is in this in this particular allegory. And it was that the statements being made that the people of the law are going to persecute those who have faith. Do you understand that even in the body of Christ, people who are legalistic or are following, they think what is the law, are straying away from what Christ would have them to do. And we need to understand that. It doesn't mean they're losing their salvation or anything like that. But we all have a lesson to learn here about our own behaviors when it comes to the church and what we deem to be important. So, finally, verse 30. But what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son, for the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance with the free woman's son. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman. We are children of the free woman. Freedom. Freedom in Christ is what we are always striving for. Freedom. Yes, God gives us his law through his word, but we represent, we recommend and understand when we talk to other people that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that law. There's no need for animal sacrifices anymore. There's no need for blood sacrifices anymore. There's no need for the gifts of uh, uh, giving those things like the um, the spices, herbs, those types of things if they didn't have money back in the day, or, or the doves. There's no need for that anymore. Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. We just need to go back sometimes to the basics and look at what Scripture says. And this particular section in verses 21 through 31 is an excellent example of that. We see what is important. We see that the Galatians are being reminded because they're literally being pounded by the Judaizers as far as what they should be doing. It's a very contentious relationship. It's not something that, frankly, is edifying Jesus Christ one bit. So we need to always go back and look at faith. Stay with faith, not ritual. Stay with God's leanings and be patient. Be patient and wait for him. We say this over and over again about being patient and waiting for God. Um, it sometimes is very difficult for us to be patient because we expect things to happen right away. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow when Jesus Christ reminds us, don't worry about tomorrow. Today is sufficient. And that's something that we need to take it literally day by day as we go along. We don't understand everything that's happening, and sometimes we don't, we're not supposed to. That's hard for a lot of us. We want to have understanding. If you want to have understanding, seek Jesus Christ. Call on him. Pray to him. Ask him for wisdom in getting through a situation. It may not be wisdom as far as what knowledge you're supposed to know about it, but wisdom just to be able to get through it. I think that's very, very important for us to see here. So Paul was explaining that what happened to Sarah and Hagar is a picture of, of the relationship between God and mankind. Hmm. Between God and mankind. Paul was using this argument. It was a common thing. It was a common thing back then to use allegory, to use examples. But he's using the argument to see about our relationship with God and our relationship with other people and how he sees those things. And ultimately what it comes down to is that the most important thing for us to do is to do what? Stay free in Christ. Have faith in him. Believe in him. Trust in him. 
trust in everything that's taking place, relying upon the scripture, praying to him for guidance daily as to what you should be doing. And every now and then even reassessing, Lord, is this what you would have me to do? Lord, is this where you would want me to be? Lord, is this exactly where I should be? Now, let's face it. As we get older, there's only so much we're going to be able to do. Um, So the most important things that we need to be doing is relying upon faith as we get older, faith as we speak about God's goodness, uh, faith as we pray for others. These are all things that we should be doing. We're going to be doing less and less, so we certainly don't need to be involved with ritualistic type of activities just to do things for the sake of doing them. Uh, We have much greater value in the kingdom when we remain faithful And we have trust in what he is saying to us and what he's doing. We are much more effective in the kingdom when we do those very things. So the two lessons to take away from today, just as a reminder, stay with your faith, not ritual. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in all things, not just some things, on all things. And also be encouraged in spite of what you see. There's a lot that we've seen that we don't like. There's a lot that we've seen that we've experienced that have been very pleasant as well, too. But be encouraged that Jesus Christ is in the midst of all of it. There is an eternal promise that we have. Be encouraged in spite of what you see. Those are very important things to remember as we look at this passage. And I think that's what Paul was trying to do with the Galatians. In spite of what you're seeing right now, you need to rejoice. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the one who saved you as a people. Those are all things that we need to look at and understand, too. And it took Abraham and Sarah a minute to get it figured out, but they got it figured out. They remained faithful to the Lord. It was credited to them for righteousness because of their faith. And I think that's very important for us to see, because we're talking about what? How the gospel is superior. The gospel is what really matters. The goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ is what's most important. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for those lessons that you brought to us in this rather short passage, but boy, it is just loaded with wonderful content about your goodness, about your reminders of how we are to not look at rituals but to look at faith reminders about not looking at what is bad all around us but looking directly to you as a means of even escape as a means of understanding as a means of just recognizing your goodness and your encouragement we thank you for those things as well too and we thank you for that eternal promise that you've made for us that we will have a new jerusalem to go to we thank you for all those things Bless us and keep us, Lord. Thank you for this, for all that you've done for us. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, a good quick reminder as well, too. Um, Weather outside, about 55 degrees at game time. Um, 55 degrees at about 11 o'clock. Dress accordingly. You'll probably be in your cars uh, for most of the service. Should not be any rain or any issues of rain during that time frame. Uh, if I check the weather again really quick and see what it says, and I think that's the case. Yes, um, not expecting to have any rain uh, at that time. Um, right now it's about 52 degrees, uh, going to be going up to about 55. 
and uh, about 58 at noon, so dress, ac- dress accordingly. We appreciate your patronage here this morning for Sunday School. We will be here next Sunday from a different location, but we will be online at 930. So we encourage you, and, and just as a reminder, too, for everybody who's here with me online, we're going to be doing this uh, online for the foreseeable future, so that's the way it is with Sunday School. So by all means, encourage others, if they are not online, if they're not able to uh, see us, we can, we, you can steer them in the direction of our Akron Alliance Facebook page. Uh, getting on Facebook, that's going to be the primary way where we're going to be doing things. We're not ready yet to expand upon that. This is the simplest easiest and least expensive way to do it. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. So but by all means, uh, we're live online right now, so we're going to keep running that, riding that train as long as we can. Um, please remember your tithes and offerings for, for church as well, too, for those who are going to Akron. And uh, please uh, just keep everyone in prayer in our church. We've had some people who had a couple of hospital visits. I'm going to put them on full blast here. Uh, let uh, let them have that conversation with you when we have fellowship in a few moments uh, down in Akron. But just stay in prayer for our church, for our health and uh, well-being. And we just thank you again for being here this morning. We're going to sign off now because it's almost 1020. Uh, head down to Akron and pick up with a live broadcast as well, too, uh, of our service. Uh, God bless you all. We will see you next week. Um, and you take care of yourselves. We'll uh, talk to you again next time. Thanks again.